Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Have you ever wondered if it's actually possible to build wealth in a super hot real estate market? When I talk super hot, I mean sellers are selling fast, they're selling for over asking, and there's very little inventory. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've asked that question, then you're listening to the right show. So I'm Ken Decker from the Decker team, and I have Kelly Wilson from the Wilson team (laughs) and Invis Financial with me. And we're excited to be with you and welcome you to another episode of The Inside Track, where we share tools, techniques, and thoughts that we all need, we all deserve, you, Mm -hmm. me, everyone, to turn your house into a home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. So, how do we build wealth even in a super hot real estate market? Which is now. Which is now. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking around, it's right now. Yeah. So let's get down to the top 10 ways. We're going to crush it today. We are going to crush it. We're going to crush 10 top ways. We're going to count them down. And we might leave out some details. So if you go, oh, those are great ideas. How do I implement them? Mm -hmm. Well, you might just have to phone Kelly. Where would they phone you? My office, myself. Yeah. What number would your office be? 613-266-3570. Right. Or you can call me at 613-860-4663 and we'll help you through this process of building wealth because it's a formula. It is a formula, 100%. Right. So what's number 10? Number 10 is leveraging equity out of your existing property. Right. So, Because that's that's changed, right? It has. Because when the market was going up 1%, 2%, and you can still make money in a market that's going up 1%, 2%. You can make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And now, in the last year, I looked at the February stats. Mm-hmm. February average sale this year over February last year was up 8%. Wow. So if we look mm-hmm. at a rough 8%, if you had a $400,000 house, yeah. let's say, mm-hmm. it's now worth say 416. Mm-hmm. Now that can vary because markets vary depending on where your house is located. But let's say it went up $16,000 and maybe you've paid down your mortgage because you've lived in it five years. Mm-hmm. So you maybe owe say 330000 on it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have about $80,000, $90,000 in equity in your house. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Maybe not quite enough to pull money out yet. Maybe not, but we are noticing a lot more people taking advantage of secured lines of credits, uh, refinancing the property, and being able to take the equity that they've made because of the increase of prices, because of the pay down of, of, of property now. And what we're seeing actually, just because when you look at leveraging or taking money out of the current property, a lot of people are keeping their existing homes now and then buying something else, right? Because it's harder to get back into the market with an investment property because when you buy something brand new, you can still do 5% down, right? right? If you're going to live in it. So you stole number eight. I stole number eight. I did (laughs) stole number eight. 
but but <laughs> that's okay. But, hey, <laughs> but hey, we said we rushed right we through. We went. We're just jumping ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the existing equity is something that you can that you can contact us, and we can look at increasing the current mortgage. So it doesn't really make a huge difference because every twenty thousand dollars that you increase your mortgage by only affects your payment about ninety five dollars a month. Ninety five bucks that's for twenty it, grand for twenty thousand dollars. Wow, but right? not a payday loans. No. And, and can I share something else? Sure. That if you take the money out of your house to buy an investment property, it's now, well, has been tax deductible. It's ta- the interest the is interest, tax deductible. The interest Absolutely. is tax deductible. So that's number eight. I'm going to jump back to number mm-hmm. nine. Okay. Actually, let's talk about number eight for a second longer because because that's pretty cool. Now, some people might say, oh, I don't want to buy with only 5% down if I'm renting my existing place and I'm going to go buy one for me mm-hmm. at 5% down. I'm going to have to pay some CMHC fees mm-hmm. and I don't like paying those fees because I never get them back. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we just, just did we an just example, did didn't we? Yes, we did. And uh, we're not telling you because you have to talk to us in person. Yeah. But that $15,000 CMHC fee on... A four hundred thousand dollar property mm-hmm. could actually net you over a hundred thousand dollars in profit. Absolutely, and I think that's the thing is everybody has this stigma around CMHC when they're buying a second property, mm-hmm. and the reality is the fifteen thousand really only changes your payment minimally, right? right. Your, your mortgage payment minimally, let's say seventy five dollars, right? Based right? on that ninety thousand or nine nine hundred dollars for no, what did you say? Ninety five dollars yeah. for. $20,000. Right. So it's it's it makes a very small impact on the overall monthly payment because it is amortized. And you think about how long you would have to wait, right? Which is mm-hmm. part of your formula of saying, how many years do I have to save? How much net dollars do I have to be banking everything to accumulate that 20% down? It's huge. And, you're, and you've yeah. kicked yourself out of the market for five years yeah. minimum. And meanwhile, right? the, and the, the pricing is going up. So you need the 20% is even more money in five years. Absolutely. Yeah, so number nine. Okay. <laughs> We're going to jump back to number nine. Yeah. If you're keeping track and you're writing these down, <laughs> this is number nine, is buy a multi-unit building. Mm-hmm. Now, multi-unit buildings are evaluated based on basically cap rates. And a cap rate is a is a multiplier of the net profit of a building mm-hmm. without having to pay the mortgage payment, mm-hmm. right? So now multi-units... People can look at a, a duplex, a triplex, mm-hmm. a, a fourplex. Mm-hmm. Those are multi-units. And then to get into what is considered quasi-commercial, mm-hmm. how many units we got to go? You have to go over five units. Over five units. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when would I want, I get this question a lot, when would I want to incorporate to own real estate mm-hmm. as an investment? You're asking me? Yes, because okay. I know this two times, but yeah. I'm asking you because you're the guest. So I... For, for myself personally, and based on my situation, I typically only uh, set up a corporation when I'm buying multi-units, and I do have a shared partnership. Okay. Um, so that's that's typically when when we like to set up a corporation when you've got multiple partners and you're stepping into the commercial side of things. Okay. So yeah. as soon as you go incorporated, your your mortgage is going to be in a commercial mortgage. For me, yeah. Right? I mean, you, there's lots of people that want to buy single unit properties, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of townhouses and set up a corporation to secure all of those properties. But right. but can um, they get a, a normal 
residential mortgage? It's uh, very difficult. For not a corporation? Too, yeah, not too many financial institutions are e eager to jump on board and add a, a corporation number to the, the typical residential properties, right? Right. So the neat part is, is anything under five units, you have to qualify with all of your liabilities and your income, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a debt service ratio that you have to fall under the regular rules and guidelines. Right. Once you step over the line of the five units, mm -hmm. you become less valuable in the transaction. It starts to become all about the property. So the building's more valuable than me? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so the so qualifying look. is totally different. All right. right. So then we look at the income of the property. Yeah, the economic life. You might have to put more down payment. Well, that's the neat part is a lot of people don't realize that if you are looking at straight residential in mm -hmm. terms of the multi-unit uh, structure, that you can still partner with CMHC and really? put 15% down. Wow. Mm -hmm. And sometimes on multi-units, I can also negotiate a uh, a seller take back mortgage absolutely of maybe 10 percent yeah which can reduce how much down payment you got to bring to the table mm -hmm. and then you're not worried about your own income you're worried about the building's income to right. be able to pay the the mortgage payment mm -hmm. and the beauty with that is you can rapidly increase the value of a multi-unit building by doing a tenant change out like improving the building or uh, slowly yeah. raising the rents or as the tenants leave if their market rents are lower than they should be, mm -hmm. uh, bringing the market rent up, because it's a multiplier, mm -hmm. it increases the, the, value the value of the property very, very quickly. It does, yeah. So I kind of like multi-units. People are a little afraid of them, but I really like them. And the other reason I like them is uh, you divide your risk. So if you've got five or eight units in a building mm -hmm. and one person leaves mm -hmm. it's only like one eighth of the revenue is gone for a month mm -hmm. it's not like you had one unit it's vacant now i got no income mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so we did we did number eight okay number seven is buy a new build mm -hmm. now you did that just recently i did and you used a realtor i did <laughs> You so have why? to. You have to use a realtor. You have to use a realtor. For everything. <laughs> so why buy a new build right now in a super hot market? Well, there's a few reasons why you can buy a new build. Um, the, there's basically the increase of value, right? Mm -hmm. Having that, that lag time in terms of what it will be worth when it closes, because most of them are taking a year to two years anyways, right? Right, In a year terms. to two years out now to build because there's such a demand for properties, mm -hmm. the builders are behind as well. They are behind, yeah. yeah. And I also think it's a good way to start putting some additional money away, right? That you can get in with the initial deposit mm -hmm. on the property and then have the additional time to create some more savings in the interim. Right. So typically, are they like 5%, 5%, 5% or what? Every builder is different. You can different. put as little as 5% down and then some mm. require 10%. So it just depends who the builder is and yeah, where and you're I, buying. I think they'll give you some leeway too. If you are if you say my mortgage is going to be a 5% down mortgage, mm -hmm. then they're not going to require you to put more than 5% down because they know you, you won't have it. You can't have it. Mm -hmm. and, and, if, and if they do, you get it back. So that's another big question that we get too, right? Is that if you really only want to stick with the 5% down mm -hmm. and you have to put a 10% deposit, so you borrowed or put it on a line of credit, right? To, right. to get it done, you'll get that back on closing. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wonderful. What's number six? 
Number six, loan out money on first and seconds. This is my favorite. <laughs> now, you can't see Kelly's smile <laughs> on the radio, but she's grinning ear to ear. Yeah. She likes loaning out money. Mm -hmm. uh, you were saying before the show that you, you're doing more private lending mm -hmm. uh, as a past, mortgage broker. Past six months, and I've probably done in about 20 years. Really? It's, it's, 20 years. It's incredible. You don't look old enough to have been in the business for 20 well, years, thank Kelly. thank you. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. We're probably, you know, doing at, at least as many privates as we are just regular mortgage right now. And so for a few people, right? So we have a lot of in, investor clients mm -hmm. that may not necessarily be in a position to purchase property or want to take on property, but they love real estate. Mm -hmm. Right, and they love the ability to be able to help somebody else they, and make a good return. So they love the safety. They love the safety. Of real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Because when they loan out their money, it's attached to that hard asset. A hundred percent. It's okay. it's it's a security, and they become a direct partner mm -hmm. with the property and the borrower, where it's not done through a third party. They get to have full control of of their funds, mm -hmm. right? So so it's important to um, look at different ways to. I guess, mitigate risk. And that's where having a, a, a broker would allow you to do that and underwrite that as opposed to just maybe, you know, lending it to somebody you don't know enough about right. or hearing a story, you don't really know what the exit strategy is, right? Right. So what kind of safety valves do you kind of look at for your people that are loaning money through you on real estate? So any investor that, that I know as opposed to a, a corporation or... Um, a certain mix. We, if 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 the loan to value is good, and, and let me tell you, this stress test has really really impacted, and I think that's why we see such an influx, right, of private of private funds. money. Um, people can't buy, right, and it, it's limiting self-employed, right. It's okay. limiting non-traditional income sources, um, and it's 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 basically um, being able to sort of it's. It's not that it's jumping through hoops, but if you can't borrow from your own financial institution, right? Private money is is anywhere from six to let's say fifteen percent, right? Ooh, fifteen percent. Yeah, you can get as high as fifteen percent. But again, if your credit cards are sitting at thirty or twenty-five, fifteen's a bargain. Fifteen's a bargain, right? And or, there's lots of people out there with credit card balances. Mm -hmm. You see it. You mm -hmm. see the applications all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so we see a lot of um, not making sense lending on a, on a daily basis with the financial institutions. And to me, I think private money is the best thing that ever happened. So when you say not making sense lending, you mean they're not lending when it makes sense for them to Absolutely. lend? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're I looking it. going, I don't understand. <laughs> this person has so much equity in their home. They've never missed payments. They've got excellent credit. And you can't lend them a penny more than what you've already done based on maybe a non-traditional income or um, maybe the deductions they've created for themselves or what have you. So uh, what what looks good on my end is somebody who has built a lot of equity in the property. So I typically like security that has a lot of equity. Location is another mm -hmm. one. It has to be something that can sell within yeah, you know, three to four months, so mm -hmm. a saleable property. Uh, we typically like to see that um, there is an exit strategy, whether it be one to three years. So we really mitigate the files and look at how is this person mm -hmm. going to pay us back, right? right? And if it seems a bit risky or not within my comfort zone, then we typically have lots of institutions that will assist with that, right? 
Okay. And they charge a bit higher fees. Yeah. So if you're thinking, hey, I've got some money, and it could be even RSP money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's sitting there in the markets that is volatile or mm -hmm. hasn't been making anything for you. Mm -hmm. uh, you could swing some over to Kelly mm -hmm. and somewhere between 8 and 15%, depending yeah. on the file and what, what the risk factor is. I guess the more risky it is, mm -hmm. the higher the interest rate. And whether it's a first, that would be a lower interest rate. Mm -hmm. If it's a second mortgage, mm -hmm. meaning you're in second place if something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, the two we closed last week, just to give you a prime example, was um, a property was evaluated about $3 million, And okay. the first mortgage was at 900000 with a very good interest rate. And they wanted to take out about 600000 because they wanted to inject some further money into the building because they had five more units that they wanted to complete. And the building is beautiful. Probably one of the most beautiful buildings I had seen. But they couldn't get the funds. And we're at, what, under 50% value wow. of the property under 50 percent right and the clients are the, the so they the, needed a second they needed a second so the investor is making nine percent annually good. that's good it is good <laughs> right and the borrowers get to do all of the work that they wanted to do right and it makes sense for them right and once the building's done then they can do a refinance and then pay off that pay off that investment right so it's yeah. a short yeah six months year six months, whatever a year two years okay yeah, so that's the kind of thing where you and then you just roll your money into another good project like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, so that was number six. Number five, I love this one because people come to me all the time and say, I want a property that cash flows. And I'll say, why? okay. <laughs> Kelly says, <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I don't ask why. <laughs> why actually creates some uh, uh, pushback. <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand why they want positive I cash do. flow because it feels good. You don't yeah. have to cut a check each month. Mm -hmm. You're actually making money. It's building a little slush fund for a repair here or there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but generally that takes a little more down payment in this market to buy it that it's got positive cash flow. Mm -hmm. And I've and when I run the numbers, even if you have to stroke a check for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred bucks a month, if you look at the Focus on the return. Mm -hmm. The return is huge. And, and you worked out an example. I think you posted it on Instagram. Instagram. Mm -hmm. So how would they look you up on Instagram if they wanted to see that example? Kelly Wilson Mortgages. Okay. So if you go into Instagram, you, mm -hmm. you Google Wilson or mortgages. you search Kelly Wilson Mortgages. Mm -hmm. uh, she put in a great example on how much money you would need even if real estate only went up 1%, and by the way, in the last 60 years, it's averaged 4.5%, mm -hmm. um, and it's only gone down three times, mm -hmm. um, less than 2% each year that it went down, mm -hmm. uh, and it's averaging 4.5 on average, mm -hmm. but you did the example at 1%. I did 1%, the absolute bare minimum, 1%. So buying for 300000 today, and then 20 years from now, it being worth 360000 how much would you have to put away every single month for the next 20 years in order mm -hmm. to have $360,000? Right. It's 1500 a month. After, you, after a month? you pay all your bills and all your taxes, you got to bank $1,500 a month. Wow. Mm -hmm. So if it's so if you're buying that property and it's short a couple hundred... I'm okay with that. You're I'm okay, okay with, with that. that because I use the bank's money and then I got a tenant to pay off the bank's loan. So... Ah, you, you smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I got to tax deduct the interest that the bank lent me. <laughs> right. With all the other awesome tax deductions that you get. 
Right, and so when you're when you're a fairly high income earner, mm-hmm. um, the tax write off is actually a welcome. It is a welcome, a right? welcome thing. It's not for everybody, but again, it mm-hmm. depends where your you know where your retirement is, where your current investments are, right. right? But for somebody who's in a very high income bracket, the you, you're trying to create deductions, not additional income to pay more taxes, right? So you need mm-hmm. to create as much deduction as you can towards the rental income that you're getting to drive the taxes down. And the, those owning those properties when you retire is just golden. Absolutely. I said golden retirement. Where are you going to get, you know, millions of dollars that you didn't pay off that somebody else paid off for you and then when you start getting your rental income in retirement because uh, the mortgage is paid off. The ma- the mortgage is paid off and you're not even touching the asset. You're just taking the income and not touching the asset. So it's not like an investment where you have to start depleting it. Right. right, and taking out the asset, right? And so you can it live on that yeah. and keep it and, and let it keep growing. Pass it on to future generations. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number four. Mm-hmm. We're ripping right through. We're doing we great. Are, we're good. Number four, Kelly. Higher, higher interest rates. I love higher interest rates. They don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, but you're a mortgage broker. <laughs> I know, but I think about. You know, <laughs> if I did, you know, it's funny because you say, well, um, how many properties do you have? Well, I have 23 properties. What interest rate are you paying? <laughs> yeah. Has that ever been a question? No. No, I don't think so. Right? <laughs> so, no. so you don't mind paying some extra to, to leverage more to get more properties? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm, I'm in a position now where my average interest rate is between 55 and 6% buying investment property. You know, single units if that's what I'm doing. Um, but again, multi-unit is attractive because you can you can still mm-hmm. get residential rates, right? Right. Um, but I don't mind paying, and there's so much I think about that I wouldn't have been able to do or acquire. We we just did um, um, four townhomes in Aurora last year, and we needed about four hundred thousand dollars, and the banks weren't going to lend that to me. So I went to an investor and I said, "Can you lend me four hundred thousand at ten percent?" You know, here's what the plan is. And then we, we spent almost a year renovating all of the properties mm-hmm. and then we paid it back. We just refinanced all the properties and paid it back, right? But where would I be if I hadn't had the opportunity to borrow at that 10% interest rate? I wouldn't be able to acquire. I wouldn't be able to renovate. I'd still be sitting yeah. here, right? You wouldn't so own all those properties. I wouldn't have owned all the properties. So that, that, I, that I have tenants now paying off the mortgages, right? Yes. 10% is good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Interest rate is okay. All right. Don't so be number, afraid. Oh, number and, and three. I got to tax deduct it too. I forgot to. Oh tell you. yes, you got the yeah. tax deducted. I which did. You don't like paying taxes, no, so <laughs> you'll pay your your fair share, but not your unfair right. share. Right. Not my unfair share. Right. Uh, what okay. they'll allow me to. <laughs> number three is prearrange a tenant, or watch out for the pitfall of inheriting tenants Mm -hmm. now sometimes it's okay like in a multi-unit you want to inherit tenants because you don't want it to be totally vacant no that doesn't look good to the banks no the banks don't want to loan on that right they don't even if it's freshly renovated and everything it it needs cash flow it needs it needs money coming in Mm -hmm. so pre-arranging a tenant is what i do when we're buying a single property or or duplex maybe that we're going to put tenants in it uh, right at closing. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? We write clauses in the offer that allow us to show it mm-hmm. to prospective tenants before it closes. Because if you buy a property that you're planning on renting out and then you don't put it on the rental market until you actually close on it, it could be a couple months before you have a tenant in it mm-hmm. and you've wasted that money basically. Yeah. 
So how great is that? You close on it. We usually do a week or so before the end of the month. Gives us time to clean it, paint it if we need to. And our tenant moves in the first of the month. And we've only had it vacant for how long? A week. Mm-hmm. And the beauty is your mortgage is paid in arrears. Yeah. And the rent's so, paid in advance. Right. So, so you, you just got an extra couple thousand dollars. So you get your money yeah. before your mortgage is even due. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And number two. Hmm. Increase the rent. Increase the rent. So. Why would we do that? Because if I got a good tenant, I hear this all the time. I'm a good tenant. I don't want to raise the rent. And I'm probably one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) I love good people. (laughs) And and what happens in, you know, 10 years when you haven't raised the rent Mm -hmm. and now, you know, they're they're getting the rent for $1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, it's rent hard. is worth twenty two hundred. I know, like what's what's right now, right? Yeah, I mean, like, right now the rents are. You know, I have someone that we right just there. rented their property for them, and mm-hmm. we'd rented it for them two years earlier, and it was uh, rented at fifteen hundred a month, mm-hmm. and we just rented it at seventeen fifty a yeah, month, it's, it's, and their mortgage hasn't gone up. Mm-hmm. They're paying the same thing. They mm-hmm. they they had a five year mortgage when they did this. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing for them because now they have an extra $250 a month in cash flow that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. So they can either pay their mortgage down faster or bank it for future renovations mm-hmm. or shingles or whatever might be coming up. Yeah. It's just good to keep up with the rate of inflation, right? Yep. The allowable amount within yes. the landlord. Yeah. And so this year it's 1.8%, yeah, I believe. 1.8%. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's compounded 1.8 1.8 1.8 or 2 or whatever it is one and a half it varies based on the government indication yeah and can offer other incentives a gift card at christmas Mm. i know we have one tenant we bring him a ham that's (laughs) (laughs) here's your incentive for staying here's a ham ham. there you go (laughs) i didn't cook it there's your ham that's already pre-cooked it's pre-cooked hams are usually pre-cooked um, <laughs> or smoked, I guess. Smoked, smoked. yes. Um, and that may sound coy, but your relationship with your tenant is important mm-hmm. because they're, they're beautiful people. They maybe don't have the resources to own or haven't been able well, to save to. the money or they don't want to own. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not for everybody. Homeownership is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what's number one? Be fast. Be fast? Just do it. Get your get your pre-approval. Talk to your broker and be able to move fast. Right, but you got to be ready to move fast. You do. You have to have you all move your fast ducks in order. without being ready. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No, you have to get all your ducks in order. Ducks. Yeah. I got Every- a phone call to clean my ducks. Did you? I said, "Do you clean geese?" But they didn't like it. Very they didn't much. like it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I don't have any ducks, but I got uh, geese." Acting fast because you're in a hot real estate market, right? Yes. And being able to have everything in, um, it's very powerful if you can go in on a, a no financing clauses or mm-hmm. right having the ability to negotiate. And I know everybody says, well, I'll wait till the market to drop. Or it, 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 You know what? When's the right time to buy? Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I'll say it every time. And that, you know, we'll say that for the next 100 years. Yeah, or 20 right? years ago. Or 20 years ago, yeah. five years ago, and two years ago. And what's the next best time to buy? Right now. Right now. Right now. Today. Yeah. Today, as fast as you can, mm-hmm. call us. Mm-hmm. And call you can call Kelly first, if you like, because that's one of the ducks you got to put in a row is get your pre-approval. Yeah, get your finances together. Your Look finance at how you're going to structure it, how to strategize it, how to refinance, how to pull money from here and not pull from here. So 
taxes are a big part of this, right? So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's important to have everything, the whole picture, not just grab somebody where you think it should come and then go buy something, mm -hmm. right? Those are going to be way more beneficial ways to be to be right. leveraging and utilizing, right? Right. Yeah. So I've got a great quote for this show. Okay. It's if you want something different than what you've had, then it just might require you doing something that you haven't done. So we're excited to be your partners as we're moving forward together. We've got this.